B C A B C A B C A B C A B C A B C Stash. I'm your host, Uppy, and uh, fortunately, right now, tonight, I am flying solo um, in the nature of just how things go. Sometimes it's just not possible to schedule something at a time when we can all get together and uh, get this done. So, it's an, well, this week we're trying something new. Um, I'm going to bring in the first half of the show by myself and just talk to you, give you some Uppy thoughts. And then later, at the end of the show, you'll uh, Stash will do the same, and we'll just see how it kind of turns out. But we wanted to touch base with you all and make sure you guys got some content this week. And uh, speaking of content, um, as you may or may have not noticed, in the last few weeks, we uh, dumped a ton of new content out there. And I'm sure some of it probably got lost um, just because so much came out at once. Um, I apologize for that. I took over some of the editing and I got a little crazy, but uh, unfortunately, my MacBook Pro only has so much memory on it and it was running out of memory. So the easiest thing for me to do was to just dump it all out there. And that's what I did uh, to free up the you know space and get the WAV files deleted off my hard drive and, uh, you know... Um, that's just how it worked out. So, um, if you have the time in your life to, um, invest more time into listening to awesome podcasts, uh, I encourage you to go back and listen to some of the ones that I think kind of got forgotten about, like, um, scrolling through our SoundCloud here, um, season two, episode one, favorite movie villains. That one was a great listen. Um, one of my personal favorites was season two, episode two, Bows Happen. Um, <laughs> it was just, uh, that one had me laughing so hard. I had to mute my mic sometimes because, <laughs> you know, it was pretty immature in nature, but it was hilarious. Um, we kind of bear our souls to you all with some funny stories that hopefully you'll enjoy too. And then we close that, uh, second half of that show with some, uh, more serious topics of discussion. And, um, we got two shows that we uh, were pretty much pro-life related shows, uh, season two, episode three and season two, episode five. Um, here at Upping the Stash, we are what you would, uh, to put it simply, pro-choice. You know, we, we don't believe that. Um, we, well, we believe that a woman should have the choice over what to do with her body, but we are pro-life, but it's not just pro-life. It's not um, I think most people out there, and we've said this before on the show, so I apologize for being redundant, but most people who identify as pro-life truly are just pro-birth. And here up in the stash, both stash and I are pro-quality of life. Um, pro-life just doesn't mean don't kill a zygote in the womb. Um, it, it should mean no death penalty. It should mean no one should be dying from... 
not having adequate access to health care. Um, people shouldn't be dying because they can't afford insulin, et cetera, things like that. So those are great listens. And then uh, one of the more recent ones, season two, episode four, uh, we talk about the earthquakes that happened here a few weeks ago. That was pretty scary stuff. And then a really, really good one was the most recent one. Um, it's actually our second most popular show based on listens. Uh, it was nice to meet you, Dill Spears. Dill Spears is our good friend from Erie, Pennsylvania. He uh, is a co-creator of the Idiotville podcast. And he joined us in um, solid recording. Like, it came out really good. And, well, I really, really love that one. And all of our guests here on Up in the Stash, whether it be Dill Spears or Brent and Liberty or Steve Castle and my personal favorite, Mrs. Eppy, um, Dill had a great show. And despite all that, like, um, tonight is uh, Friday, July 19th. Tomorrow night we're going to be recording with um, Ted Brogan. Ted Brogan, um, he does uh, a lot of the writing for the Idiotville podcast blog. And uh, um, I won't give away what we're talking about, but it actually has me really excited. Um, I think it could actually even be better than the show Dill did. And um, it's going to be such an interesting topic. Mrs. Uppy might join us as well because it's just that good. So we'll see. So, yeah, just make sure you're getting on uh, SoundCloud and uh, just checking out some of our more recent episodes because they're really good. And, you know, I think you'll um, enjoy them immensely. And speaking of uh, how to listen to us, um, we have had a lot of exciting happenings um, come about the last week or so. We've been added to the Google Play Music um, library. We've been added to Spotify. Um, I want to say there's one more. Oh, Stitcher. Stitcher, I think, is a very popular um, website for listening to podcasts. We're on Stitcher now. Um, we, through some trial and error, we're working on Apple Podcasts. They are very um, particular on content and quality of content. And uh, our logo <laughs> keeps seeming to be an issue for some reason. Like, we keep trying to uh, get it to meet the Apple guidelines. We keep thinking we do, but we keep getting rejected. I think we finally have it. So hopefully in the next few days, we will get the approval letter. So um, we will tweet that out if uh, that comes through. And speaking of Twitter, you can find us at Uppy and Stash. That's Capital U P P Y N capital S T A C H E. Um, please uh, follow us. We only have eight followers right now, and uh, so the more the better. And then, as always, we are on Facebook, and you can search on Facebook for Uppy and the Stash Podcast. I think you can also do an at like Twitter. So I think we're also at Uppy and Stash on there as well. Um, we're actually approaching 50 followers on Facebook, which is pretty good because it wasn't that long ago. Um, we only had like 28. So what we are going to do with our newfound popularity, and hopefully it's a growing popularity, is currently the stash and I are designing bumper stickers and possibly T-shirts. Um, more bumper stickers than T-shirts because they're way cheaper. But um, we're looking at doing a giveaway of sorts. Um, 
I'm not sure at what point we'll launch it. Hopefully in the next month, maybe we'll launch this giveaway. We'll announce um, how to participate. Just gonna, I, I can tell you it's probably going to be based on some sort of fan interaction because um, that's very important to us. Um, currently, we haven't had much of it, but I want to give a shout-out to Mr. Justin Nunn. He actually went on to our Facebook page and told us what his three Tombstone songs were. So I have a sneaking suspicion he'll get one of those... Uh, bumper stickers when they come out so yes go on facebook and like us and interact with us because um it's really fun when someone you know because we do we've done a lot of ranking shows and it's fun when people um come to us with their opinions whether it be music or food or travel um we've ranked a little bit of everything on this show so um please give us your opinions because you know we're not perfect, and everyone has their own opinion, and we love to hear it. So <clears throat> that's where we are at with that. So I just uh, want to thank you all for um, your support and helping us grow this brand. We are um, very fortunate to get to do what we do, and um, I might be biased, and I probably am. I, I think our content has gotten better and better each week, You know, especially since I've edited... The last 10 of our shows and I, I I can tell as being the one editing that you can tell how much better we've gotten so thank you for listening the more you listen the more excited we get about it and you know we'd love to grow the same to where you know we can deem ourselves to be successful within our own definition of that it might be eventually having a Patreon account we don't know but that'd be pretty cool um, so yeah thank you all for being our fans and um, this first half of the show is upbeat thoughts, so I should probably give you some thoughts other than just talking about how you can find us, and thank you for being fans, but um, as everyone on the show knows, I'm a huge Green Day fan, and it seems like maybe there's something happening finally. Um, it kind of got teased a few weeks ago at a, um, like, Kerrang! Radio or something, that there's going to be new music today, and there wasn't, but... Um, something's going on. <laughs> they, you know, they, uh, on their Instagram accounts, they're all posting, like, the same things. So something is up. So I, I definitely think sometime in the year 2019 we're going to get some new music, and that'd be pretty cool on top of all the other exciting things going on um, between having this new show that we started this year. And um, I'm also a Browns fan. I think they're actually going to have a good season, and I'm also a Penn State fan, and they should still be pretty good. I'm not sure about them being better, but I think they'll still be good. And um, I'm also an A's fan, and they're in the playoff hunt right now, so that's exciting. We went to uh, game Tuesday night, and they actually won. That is something that we have not witnessed in, like, I don't know, probably five years. <laughs> and we've had some pretty terrible luck um, going and seeing the A's. And it's not like we go to a ton of games anyway, so I'm not going to make it. No, I'm not going to make it be a poor me kind of thing. Um, since our daughter's been born, we probably only go once, maybe twice a year. So <laughs> the odds aren't good, especially when you're going and they're playing the Houston Astros, who are really good. So we finally got to see a win, and it was a nice night. It was just an adult thing. We went out with uh, some friends that we know that we haven't seen in a long time, and we just had a blast. So... Um, if your parents who don't get out much, make sure you do. It's good to get out with your spouse and have that one-on-one -on -one time. 
gives you a good reminder on why you keep doing it. And and uh, the kid survived, so that's good. <laughs> so then uh, one thing I did see, uh, I do want to talk politics for just a few minutes, that, um, oh, what's his The guy with the funny name that's running for president, that's a Democrat, Hickenlooper or whatever, came out today and said something about uh, how we can't have a blanket $15 an hour minimum wage. And I had to say I actually agree with him because um, there just are some parts of the country where um, a $15 an hour minimum wage just is not feasible. And I get it. And I actually understand that. So I would sit there and say there are some places, like especially out here in California, where it is absolutely necessary, and it's probably going to end up being more at some point. Like, I think the way our current law is written, um, I think our minimum wage right now is at $12 an hour. And then on January 1st, it goes up to 13 And then, the next, you know, it keeps going until it hits 15 And then the year after that, I think they um, kind of do some sort of studies or something and determine if it needs to go higher. So um, while the goal is 15, I, I do think it ends up going higher at some point. And with our cost of living, I'm sure it will continue to go up. But I, I definitely think there should be a floor. I don't care where you live. I think there should be a floor of like maybe $10 an hour. Because um, one thing that's true everywhere is full working full time at minimum wage the way it currently is, you cannot afford rent on a two-bedroom apartment in any state. And that has to be a travesty. And I, I don't get how that's not... Um, I don't know how that's not something that all of us can agree on. That um, even the perceived lowest jobs in our society aren't good enough to where you can actually have a livable life. Um, and it's heartbreaking every time you sit there and say, oh, why Why does a burger flipper deserve $15 an hour? Um, look, if you don't think that job is has value, then maybe you should stop going to McDonald's. Those jobs have value because you make them valuable. valuable. And, I mean, everyone in our society serves a purpose. And, you know, everyone should get to go home at the end of the day with some dignity and... I'm not saying we all need to have nice brand new cars, but we should be able to be able to pay our bills and pay our rent and um, have that one less stress on, on on all of us because you know there is a huge mental wear in, in that situation and it was something that we kind of in the show let's get political I did with Steve Castle that's something I was kind of touched on is I listened to the podcast Factually, which is done by Adam Conover. Um, Adam Conover does the show Adam Ruins Everything. It's a very informative show. They cite their facts. They try to get it right the best they can, and they do it in a way that's very entertaining and funny. And But he does a podcast, and the podcast really isn't that much different than a show. He brings in a lot of the same kind of experts, and um, they talk about various pressing issues, and one of them was... Um, homelessness and they had oh man I wish I could remember off the top of my head, my head who the expert was but um, this guy went so far as you know he went to these places where there's huge homeless problems and he was able to learn just how <laughs> detailed how much of a strain it is to be homeless or be on the verge of homelessness 
where instead of worrying about normal things that you and I take for granted, they have to worry about finding a new place to live. And one lady in his book, you know, I think applied like 82 times just to get a new place to live. It's something ridiculous. And it's like, how do you have time to work your crappy job where you're probably undervalued and then also take the time to have to apply to so many rental places because if you get one like bad mark against you it goes with you then you have to justify it all the time and most people don't want you and it just sounds like it's got to be the most god-awful vicious cycle in the world and you know seriously take the time to think of what kind of a mental strain that would be on your psyche to have to deal with that so um, if you have a limited time in your life for lots of podcasts make sure you check out that one that's one that's one of my favorites um it's probably other than idiotville the only podcast i listen to that's not cleveland browns related um so we're really hoping this style of recording does work um that there's still value and um doing shows like this on occasion in this manner that way we can still put new content out without having a traditional recording if uh, the time doesn't work out to have one because uh, I know the week after next I'll be traveling to Las Vegas for business and obviously we won't be able to get together on our computers that week but it would be nice if I could maybe record something, something like this again before I leave that way Stash can do it as well and then he can put it out there for you all to enjoy while I'm gone that way you're not missing out for that week and then, uh, see, so I already mentioned Ted Brogan's coming on tomorrow. Um, the Saturday after that, we got one more final guest. Um, my best friend, uh, Brent Liberty, Brent and Liberty, will be joining us. We're going to kind of go over the history of social media. And uh, that should be fun because it certainly has changed a whole hell of a lot over the years, starting out with, excuse me, I got the hiccups all of a sudden. Um, you know, starting with having like AOL or Instant Messenger or ICQ, and, and then you know, like back in the Napster, Napster and dial-up days, and then that transformed into MySpace and Face that came Facebook, and you know, and especially if you, well, I think pretty much just about everybody on this planet has a Facebook now. I think there's billions of accounts out there. Um, just crazy to think that even, I don't know, you don't go back that far, maybe 2016 even, Facebook still seemed like a pretty normal place. Um, just amazing thing that since, like, you know, the 2016 election, all of a sudden it seems like Facebook is now, like, the political place with terrible memes and extremist idea like... You take a normal idea, whether you're left or right, and then you just find the most extreme value of that thought, and then you put it out there with no context. (laughs) And I'm just as guilty. I like triggering conservatives. Um, And there's less so much of the, hey, this is what I'm doing today. Or, I mean, one thing I'm glad is gone now is that trend where people are posting photos of their food, like... I don't know how or why that was a thing. That was so fucking stupid. Like, because <laughs> usually the people's food always looked gross. I don't know why. Um, and if you have an opinion on that, please come on our Facebook or our Twitter and let us know what you thought about the whole um, trend on Facebook about 
posting um, photos of your food. And, uh, yeah. <clears throat> so one thing I definitely did want to touch on um, before I sign off for tonight is I wanted to, you know, because we've had all these awesome guests on the show, and that's one thing that we're going to we're gonna keep doing moving forward um, is have more guests. But we're working on some pretty good ones. I mean, I'm not sure how far we've gotten into it at this point. Um, Stash has been handling most of the... Uh, because they the administrative level stuff. Um, he's been freed up to do so by me taking over the editing, and it works out perfectly because he does all the things I can't handle, which is a lot. <laughs> and um, we're tracking down some experts from um, the University of California, Riverside. Um, so we're going to maybe try to get someone who's an expert on vaccines or someone who's an expert on uh, gun control or, uh, you know, just all sort of... They, they have quite a list of uh, experts on certain various fields that are very fascinating. So we're going to try to get interviews with them. And um, it would be really cool to have that ability to bring that to you guys and maybe um, not just be funny all the time or try to be funny all the time, but actually, you know, have people that can come on and kind of talk about current events of things like with the vaccines and like the anti-vaxxers and because I, I still to this day don't know why you'd want to be anti-vaccination I also don't agree that like say the government should have a say whether you do or not but I think we reached a point where the government's making laws that you have to provide these things to go to public school and whatnot is because people have a choice and they kept making the wrong one um, I'm not sure about you all, but I'm 37 years old, and I really enjoyed spending 35 years not having to know what the hell measles were or even worry about it or fear it or uh, my child getting whooping cough or now there's even a vaccine so you, you don't get chicken pox. And uh, immediately so, that is the one thing um, Mrs. Uppy and I weren't in complete 100% agreement on was the chicken pox vac vaccination because um, I kind of saw it as a, a rite of passage. <laughs> like, hey, you know, we all fucking got it. We all survived. It's not something that's going to kill you. Um, I, I mean, it wasn't a hill I was going to die on. It's like, you know, I, I mean, I'm sure from the parent side of it, it's a pretty miserable experience too. So um, go ahead. Let's go ahead and get it and then, you know, our daughter doesn't have to worry about uh, um, what you might call it shingles later on because I, I hear shingles is not the most pleasant of experiences. So um, please, if you haven't been listening to this and still think that um, vaccines cause autism, believe me that that founding has been found false so many times over. It's not true. Vaccinate your children. There's a lot of children out there who have compromised immune systems who can't get vaccines. And not even just children, but there's adults. You know, adults going through cancer have compromised immune systems that can't afford to get sick. Like, they all rely on herd immunity. Like, it didn't just happen that we eradicated polio and smallpox and measles and whooping cough and all these other things. It took everyone doing their part as a society. And... We got lazy for whatever reason. I, and I think we got lazy because 
at least our generation, many of the Gen Xers and stuff, never had to live in a world where they saw people suffer from these things. To see the effects of how bad they were and why it was necessary to have have a vaccine in the first place. And sadly, I think these things are going to have to keep making that comeback to kind of, you know, make it another generational thing where people start seeing how terrible it is and get those vaccines again. Because I don't, I don't know if you've ever seen a video with um, a child with whooping cough, but it's one of the most heartbreaking things you could watch. And I don't know why and what world you would think that that's okay. Like, like what could possibly happen with that shot that's worse than your child getting whooping cough? Seriously. But I'm also willing to bet that someone who's anti-vax is probably more likely to be a flat earther, too. Like, I <laughs> I don't know how this day and age there's that many people who um, who could believe the earth is flat. There's just too much. It's, it's been proven. <laughs> probably, like, thousands of years ago, it was proven. Like, dear God, like, we live in a day and age with more and easy access to information and we just keep getting getting dumber and dumber and dumber. But I'm also pretty sure that's also the same type of person who's probably thinking it's a good idea to raid Area 51 right now. And I'm okay with that plan because I'm pretty sure the government's going to do what they say they're going to do. And I'm pretty sure the type of person who is considering going is likely a Trump voter. Um, so go ahead. All of you, just go ahead and do it. See what happens. Take one for the team. And if you actually get in, uh, make sure you post it on the internet so we can all see what's going on over there. Because I am curious, but I'm not stupid either. <laughs> so have fun, and I hope it, I hope I hope uh, I hope they all I hope someone still goes through with it. I mean, last I heard, there was like a million people, or was it a million? Maybe it could have been a million that said they were interested in going. So. We, so I, I think September. I think they're planning planning that for September. So I uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Although they did recently track down, I think the guy who started it all, and he's from Bakersfield, California. And I didn't read the article, but I'm pretty sure he had no idea what was going to come of his idea. So, <laughs> but there's too many people kind of involved at this point. I think for there to be a true backing out, even if the leader. You know the starter uh, doesn't do it. I'm I'm sure there's just too many people committed at this point to going through with it. So, be interesting to see what happens with that, as well as um, the next round of Democratic debates are next week. Uh, can't wait to watch that. Maybe we can actually set something up again with Steve Castle um, afterwards. Maybe um, Steve. Stash, Mississippi, and I can get together and talk uh, how the second round went. And I think there's another one set for October, too. So I, I think this is kind of going to be a more regular thing, which is pretty exciting. It's going to, you know, going through the entire process, which is, will be my first time actually kind of like following from the beginning because um, I'm not sure if I've said this before, but normally when it comes to elections, I would care enough to figure out who to vote for a.k.a. vote for the people my union endorsed vote. And then you just didn't care about politics again for two to four years because um, I didn't really ever care about the midterms either. So I cared about the 
in all honesty, I probably only cared about the presidential election maybe those last couple months before the actual election. Um, but this past time, just things were different, and we stuck with the politics. And that, when I say we, I mean both Mrs. Uppy and I. And, you know, November of next year will be here before we know it, especially if, you know, these Democratic debates are going to be happening every month. Uh, it's going to start heating up whenever the Iowa caucuses are. I'm not sure when that is, but I'm sure it's probably in the spring. And it's going to be a fun ride. But I definitely think, uh, at least with the politics at large, um, can't make any promises. We might be hearing more from Steve Castle. I think he did a wonderful job when him and I got together um, after the last Democratic um, debate. So hopefully we can get him back. And if not him, maybe somebody else. But. Um, just buckle in. It's going to be a fun and interesting, scary ride to the 2020 election because the shit Trump is already starting to pull is pretty nasty and scary. And I hate when I see on the Internet saying that um, they deem his racial tactics as a winning strategy. <laughs> so um, buckle in. But we're going to do our best to provide good content, to, um, good information. Um, although I'm pretty sure anyone who's listening to us probably I can't imagine we'd have too many conservative listeners but you never know Um, it'd be great if we did because honestly at the end of the day um, I have to I do kind of believe what Kamala Harris says we're far closer you know the things that make us closer are uh, we have more in common than we don't basically um, to paraphrase it poorly but um, we'll see, but I think that's all the time I have for tonight, so I'm going to send you off on a break, and then when you come back, you're going to hear the sweet sounds of Donovan's voice, so um, thank you all, enjoy whatever song's playing, and I will speak with you soon.
Uh, thank you, Uppy, for that. That was wonderful, and I'm glad we can always hear your thoughts on the current events that we face and uh, the political crisis um, that we live in, which I should say is probably an ongoing crisis. I, I, I feel as if um, this never ends, and this is when it happens when you get a, a um, capitalist dem- democracy that we got. And so um, let's start with the whole smear campaign that began with Congressman Omar. She rightfully criticized the lobbying efforts of APAC uh, and how they influence American government policy. Um, And she got smeared heavily by those on the left more than she did on the right as her being racist. Um, And and it played right into all of their uh, cards that they had labeled out. And it's so odd because Democrats, this is where I find them so weak, is that they always have to feel they have to be far more right than the right. You know, they have to outright them. And it's unfortunate uh, that we have a single party system because we don't have Democrats. What we have are uh, corporate elites uh, that are willing to only back up those with power and hang on to it and those with money that will continue to fund them. And then right after that, you had Nancy Pelosi, who during a interview with Maureen Dowd decided that she wanted to smear the squad as, as, as they're now called, um, you know, saying that all they have is four votes. And so this played again, right into the hands, right? Um, why would you, why would you do that? Knowing that the, those that, that were voted in this, these, these four congressmen, women, um, hold tremendous sway in their district, and they weren't just um, voted in on a whim. Those who voted for them liked what they heard. And and to, to cast them out that way um, shows you the type of thought that Pelosi has um, and the reason why I never wanted her to become Speaker of the House anyways. And they still backed her, right? And that she you know, uh, basically set off a firestorm even with that one where it helped Trump and those on the right attacked Omar and AOC and, um, and the rest of the squad even more. And so when we really look at this in the long run, we, we have to wonder, like, wh- whose side or whose side is Nancy Pelosi on, right? Well, we know Nancy Pelosi's on the side of those that have money, those who will give the money and those that will hold the hold the the democratic ideology line, right? What's well, bankrupt? That has never worked. It hasn't worked in the past because any ideas that come out of the Democrats has been influenced and watered down by the right and and never works, right? They're always trying to find this central middle to make people happy. Well, guess what? Those who voted for the the squad are happy with what they have, and they most likely will probably win another term, right? And so when we start to hear Trump going off in his campaign rallies about, uh, you know, um, Omar and how un-American she is, like, dude, I'm not surprised. This is the guy who, who threw a test run on to see what sort of media and campaign and attention that he would get on birtherism, 
right? He challenged the very fact whether President Obama was an American or not because he would find the birth certificate, right? He was allowed to call into shows, right? He never showed up for a full interview in person. He called um, for press conferences, and he would get all this media attention saying he was going to find out and get to the bottom of it. And the press absolutely ate it up because it got ratings, right? He knew it. He figured it out. He found the niche. And he's still working that niche. So I'm not surprised that he does this. This, Anything that comes out of his mouth does not surprise me whatsoever because he's an ignorant bastard who will never take responsibility for the things that he's done. And that's what happens when you get this type of rich parenting, um, what would they call affluenza, right? Where, Where he can never truly be held accountable because he doesn't know what that is, right? He's always able to get his way. Um, no matter what happens, because he's got money or resources, right? And so, and so you have this, right? This thing, this monster, this orange monster that we have now, um, and we are now where we are, right? And so, and so, when we sit there and we'll read the history books with our sons or daughters, um, when we um, are are sitting at the coffee table. Uh, when we're, you know, having a beer with, you know, uh, 10, 20 years from now and our kids ask us, mom, dad, like, what the fuck was going on? Right. And, and we're going to say, this isn't new. That wasn't new, son. That wasn't new daughter. Like that, that's just, um, that is just the monster that came out of the lab of, you know, of the behavior that America has betrayed. And the racist policies that is instituted over the years. Because, um, you know, we've had Jim Crow. We've had signs that said no Mexicans, no dogs. We had segregation. We had internment camps both then and now where we're, where we're locking up these asylum seekers, these kids in cages that don't bathe, that don't, that are allowed to brush their teeth. Right? We have mass incarceration. Right, five percent. We only have five percent of the freaking world's population, and we and we incarcerate twenty five percent. Twenty five percent. That's huge. Right for what? It's for us to feel safer. Right. I don't know, man. Like uh, I, it just. I'm glad we had an opportunity to talk about it, but I guess like it just doesn't surprise me that. Um, we are where we are. Like we've had these policies in place. It's just the ugly monkeys is is you know no longer clothed. It's just the naked truth now. And and now we have those who say, oh, if you're critical of Trump, you're un-American. No, I think that if you're critical of your government, you're fully American. All right. If you're critical of the policymakers um, and the decisions that they make, that's patriotic right there. And 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 we should applaud that. 120% every single day, right? But not only should we applaud uh, criticism, but we should also applaud solutions to those criticisms. You know, it's one thing to sit here and, and talk about how, how you know, uh, fucked up we are, but how are we going to fix it? Well, we got plenty of policy, we have plenty of policymakers now, well, not plenty, excuse me. We have some policymakers now that we got to still hold accountable to fix those things. And one of those people is not Nancy Pelosi. She will not fix it. No will Joe Biden. No will Kamala Harris. No will Pete Buttigieg. None of those individuals will fix the problems because they love the status quo, right? 
The best way to find out about that, find out who their donors are. How much of their money is coming from individual small donors versus how much PAC and corporate money they're receiving, right? That that even goes out to Cory Booker, Mr. Um, um, uh, uh, Charter School, right? And so it's, it's, um, we, we need, we need further left than what Bernie is. Uh, if, if, if we feel like Bernie is, um, the left that we can get, then we're doomed because there's more to do besides than what he's saying, because he's basically basing it off of class, which we have the largest in income inequality, but there's more to be done, right? There's far more. There's a foreign policy where we can stop being this imperialistic um, assholes that we are and just bomb countries and um, fuck everybody else's sovereignty and want to overthrow their government because it doesn't um, conform to our, you know, to the government's capitalistic needs. I don't know. It's um, we're 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 in trying times, and and I hope that uh, you know this election really, really proves. Um, what the American people are are willing um, um, to put their 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 foot foot down and say uh, no more of this, right? Um, whether that's in the local levels, like district attorneys or your congressman or your United States senator, uh, we we gotta we we gotta do something. Like we gotta break this monopoly of power that um, these these rich and powerful politicians have. Um, Because they're not leaders, and we should stop calling them that. Um, What they are 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 elected people that we've said, hey, go do our bidding. Um, And this goes for, like, people like Mitch McConnell as well. That That guy ran on the whole idea of of abolishing Obamacare, right, the Affordable Care Act, in a state that greatly benefited from it. Kentucky Connect. Right. If you looked at the overall health outcomes in that state pre Obamacare, they were horrible. Post Obamacare, where they got Medicare for all, essentially, right? Man, those those health outcomes went through the roof, and they and nobody complained about it because they were finally getting their teeth fixed. They were finally getting their cholesterol medicine, and they're finally getting the medicines that they needed so that they felt healthy and they can go back to work. Right. Oh, but when 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 McConnell ran that year on it, he that's that's one thing that he ran on, right? Because that's what the Fox News kept saying that Obamacare was bad, and they were all they were drinking from that punch, and they were like, "Oh, that punch is bad," and boom, who they vote for? They voted for McConnell and Matt Bevin, right? Like, why would the fuck you vote against your interest? Because, oh, he was Republican and he's against Obama and we hated Obama, but, you know, we loved his policies. Obama was about as right as as right wing as the rest of them. Okay, his immigration policies were right wing. Um, His economic policies were very conservative as well. Um, He was he didn't prosecute any of the bankers that brought down our economy. Not one of them. Not one single banker was prosecuted under President Obama's um, administration. Why? Because it was it was status quo. It was like, all right, you guys just uh, don't make it so obvious. Um, stop handing out all that money we're giving you. Right? Of the billions of dollars that were given out um, for the stimulus, the supposed stimulus package to to bring back these, uh, you know, the banks, uh, these bailouts. Obama never once went after. 
the bankers for using that public money as handouts, as for their, their golden parachutes, uh, their bonuses, never once. That was our money. That was our tax money. Right? No one even asked where's this money coming from. Uh, but the minute you ask for uh, uh, health care or schooling or to fix our roads, everybody wants to know where you're going to get the money from. But I digress. I want to thank Uppy for uh, doing this segment with uh, um, us today um, and getting our thoughts together. And we hope you all have a great evening and uh, good night. And um, we'll see you next week. Thank you. Bye. Today's a Macy's Day Parade The night of the living dead is on its way With the credit report for duty call It's a lifetime guarantee Stuffed in a coffin, 10% more free Red light special at the mausoleum Give me something that I need Satisfaction guaranteed to you What's the consolation price? Economy size dreams of hope I'm thinking about a brand